Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The volume. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at John Middlecoff to get notified when I go live. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code JOHN, J-O-H-N. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code JOHN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensed partner, Gold Nugget, Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 Now Podcast. Here's the plan today. We're going to break down position by position the Commander's Bears upcoming Thursday night game. Cannot wait. Totally kidding. We are not going to do that. There's, you'd have to pay me a lot of money to even begin to break down one position for either team. Who cares? But, especially the Bears. Here's what we'll do. We're going heavy mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. I'm moving these next couple days, so I had to bang this out early Tuesday morning. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, I'm probably dripping in sweat carrying boxes. 
carrying stuff that is not mine that she said has to go to the house. So I said, okay, let's move it in. And uh, that's what I will be doing. We will be back on Friday with reaction to Bears Commanders as well as Stucky making some bets. My, my man's hot. He knows what he's doing. He, he knows what he's doing. So big mailbag today at John Middlecoff. Instagram DMs wide open, fire in them. Hope you enjoy this. You guys know the drill. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube page as well as the volume.com. We got merch. Let's roll. Before we dive into the mailbag, I need to do one quick thing. Grab your smartphone, grab your iPad, download a little app. It happens to be an app called GameTime, the official ticketing app of this podcast. I've used it all year long. Cannot recommend it enough. Do you want to go to an NFL game? Do you want to go to a college football game? Are you a Braves fan? Are you a Dodger fan? Are you an Astros fan? Do you live in the area? Do you want to watch your team try to win a World Series? I got you, dog. Here's what you do. Download that app. Find a pair of tickets you want. First pair of tickets, use the promo code JOHN, J-O-H-N, and get $20 off. Cannot recommend it enough. Not Doesn't get any easier. And you save a little money because you use the promo code JOHN. Game time, official ticketing app of this podcast, fastest growing ticketing app in America. And my friends, promo code JOHN. Let's dive into the mailbag. Okay, let's start with Cole. Do you think Josh McDaniels will be gone before the end of the season if he continues to make terrible decisions? Well, to me, the first terrible decision is when they gave Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of money. I mean, he's a guy who constantly gets injured. Um, he, he's a guy that is just, it's hard to rely on. And the 49ers have seen it firsthand. He's been hurt the last several years. Last year, obviously, he broke his foot. He's torn his ACL before. When he was with the Patriots, he hurt his shoulder. When Tom Brady was suspended, remember, he was supposed to start all four games. Made it through about one and a half. So I, I think when you get into business with Jimmy Garoppolo, when you are in must-win mode. I mean, this team, to move from Oakland, which I, I don't blame them. I, I really don't. That, that place is a dump. Every team has left. In, in a five-year span, the Warriors went across the bridge, the Raiders went to Vegas, and the A's will surely be gone. They, they cannot survive there. So it's not a place that any professional team will do business. But the moment you go to Vegas, a bright lights place, a place full of stars, like, let's face it, they got the Knights, uh, Stanley Cup champs. Mark Davis, owner of the Aces, the WNBA team, just winning titles left and right. This team is an embarrassment. There's no way around it. I, I'm getting, I've been called a Raider hater for a long time, but I can't tell you, I, I know a lot of season ticket holders, at least people from Oakland, uh, when they pl- used to play there, that I get constant texts and DMs like, what are we doing? Will they fire him? Now, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't. I, I would have hired Jim Harbaugh two years ago. Now, I like the Josh McDaniels hire. I'm not going to lie. I, I thought he would be much more successful than he's been. But this just, the wheels keep spinning. Let's face it, the best coach they've had over the last decade by a mile is Jack Del Rio. And the second best coach was the interim Rich Passaccia. So th- this is just, it's not going to work. And they got star players. I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it, that they should entertain trading Max Crosby. Blow the thing up. Go nuclear. Dynamite that bitch. And trade Max Crosby for like two ones. Jamal Adams went for two ones and a two. This is a young pass rusher, high character guy. I mean, team captain. Just beloved around the NFL. One of the hardest players in the NFL. Nuke this thing. That's what I do. I know you have been against having two games on Monday Night Football, but last night's horrible Seahawks-Giants game, do you still stand by your opinion? Having two games gives us a backup Monday Night Football game since it seems like Sunday Night Football is the top choice for the NFL. 
Yeah, listen, you're going to get bad games. There's no way to avoid it. Not every primetime game, Thursday night, Sunday night, or Monday night, is going to be some historic must-watch event. That's not the way sports work. You know, I know everyone makes fun of the NFL being scripted. It's not. So, yeah, you got to deal with it. Like, yeah, it was kind of boring. And if that game was on Sunday morning, as I said, none of us would have watched, unless you're a Giants or Seattle fan. But that's welcome to Monday Night Football. Like, in the history of my life, for every epic, legendary game, been a lot of stinkers. But I don't, I don't need two games, especially when they're not, you know, they're staggered an hour apart, so there's carryover. I, I'm not saying I'm right. Clearly, they know what they're doing, and it's probably only going to happen more often, but um, not my thing. Not my thing. Listening right now, congrats on the move. Why are people acting like the Eagles are 0-4, especially our own fans and media? I understand we have not looked our best, and expectations are through the roof, but wouldn't every other team kill to be 4-0 playing their B-minus ball? Brown has been a freak, and we run the ball better than everyone else. Curious on your thoughts. I think it's all expectations. You know, I think you're kind of viewed, I think the Chiefs definitely are viewed like this, like a college football team, like Ohio State, like Alabama, like Georgia. Just because you win, like you're expected to win. You're big favorites in a lot of these games. And when you win ugly, you know, people are critical. I, I would say that's a, the good, that's a great place to be. When people are being critical of wins, think what the Bears or the Raiders would do for an ugly win. I mean, can you imagine what the Panthers would do for an, uh, the Falcons? So that's part of being like, listen, people look at Apple differently than they do a mom and pop shop, right? You, 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 I don't care who you are in any industry, when you're viewed as the top dog, as a behemoth, you know, in sports, as one of the best teams, just because you win doesn't mean people aren't going to be critical because the expectations are so high. I, I think it's really just that simple which you're 100% right. You, you wouldn't trade 4-0 to look fantastic for 3-1. Like, the Cowboys have three victories in blowout fashion, but no one that's the Niners and the Eagles would not trade. You know, obviously, the Niners have played better, and part of it is that, right? I, I think you and the Niners equals, and the Niners right now, but you don't win a Super Bowl, and you, I mean, obviously, you don't win the NFC, or you don't win a playoff game in, in September. But I think it's fair to say that it's going to come down to those two teams. Listening to you do the Tuesday podcast and thought of something else when you were talking about Bryce Young. I'm a quarterback and I'm 5'8". And let me tell you, when you can't see shit behind the line, you can't see a damn thing. My linemen are not even 6'5". Also, as a tiny dude who gets hit by people way bigger than me, it's a different experience than a quarterback, a bigger quarterback would have. When a D lineman hits a guy like me or Bryce, your body gets completely engulfed and there's a much higher chance for injury than a bigger guy that a D lineman might roll off of. My main point is, when the fuck are NFL GMs going to realize these tiny guys don't work in the pros? Stop overthinking it. Uh, Tua versus Herbert. Bryce versus CJ. I, I think we got a little overzealous on the tiny dudes, and I, I can't pretend that I didn't like Bryce, because I did. Part of it was I watched him go toe-to-toe with Georgia, and get mollywopped in that national championship game and kept getting up. Now, you can't do that over and over. You know, if you've ever met, uh, and listen, I was lucky enough to be around some of these guys when I worked in the league. You know, just I, I remember we were playing Brett Favre on a Monday Night Football when I was with the Eagles, and he was out. And the game was actually pushed to Tuesday. There was some crazy storm. And Favre came to meet Andy Reid. I remember seeing it. I was like, God, this guy's... 
I, I remember being a little starstruck, but I remember thinking like, God, he's big. He's tall. You know, you, you meet Troy Aikman, you meet Phillip Rivers or the Mannings. I, I remember at this uh, Fox party years ago that I got invited th- to through Colin in Laguna Beach, Carson Palmer was there. And, you know, I'm like 5'10", a buck 80. I remember looking up and thinking, this guy is gigantic. He is massive. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. So I hear you. Uh, I, I would always lean big. It doesn't mean the Jose Altuve's can't make some plays. But historically, the Brady's and the Manning's, even Rodgers, is a thicker guy. So I hear you. Uh, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Longtime listener, found you by the way of some Niner content. My question is, why doesn't Kyle address the backup running back situation? Mitchell can't stay healthy, ever, and he doesn't seem to trust Jordan Mason. Just a concerned fan that the potential MVP McCaffrey is going to be wore the hell out by the times the playoff comes. Yeah, I mean, it's just, he is not, you know, I think in basketball... Kawhi had some comments yesterday about load management. It's like, give me a break, bro. You take off every other game. No, no one's talking about years ago. It's now. You know, you just you just take off games whenever you feel like it. It's awful business, and you're being paid to play. And in football, guys, you can never be shocked when a guy plays injured because the games are fun. I mean, that's what everyone, like every football player wants to play in the games. They don't want to study all night. They don't want to work out. But you have to do that just to get to the games. And the games are the fun part. And I think when you look at, um, you know, Kyle, he treats McCaffrey like an NBA coach treated a star in the 90s. Now it's like, oh, he's only got to play 60 games. And the NBA's freaking out about it. But I would take a little different tactic. (laughs) I would be a little more careful with him. Like, why is he getting carries late in the game against Arizona? But Jordan Mason's fine. Just use him. You use you drafted Ty Davis Price from LSU last year high in the, in the on the second day of the draft. So just use some other bodies to get some carries. Like these guys are also talented. McCaffrey, it's one thing to get him touchdowns in the red zone, but you're up 20 points in the second half. Like give another guy a series. This isn't 1981. Just giving Walter Payton every single carry. So, but that's not the way he operates. It's not. Kyle's old school that way. And he freaking is addicted to Christian McCaffrey. Addicted. Who do you think right now is the coach of the year? Selfishly curious because I took Shanahan. Thinking was, if he can win 12 games and make another deep playoff run with Mr. Irrelevant, he'd be a shoo-in. Feels like I fumbled the bet, though, because people would rather talk and vote for McDaniel, Campbell, Steichen, has Kyle's ship sailed on the Coach of the Year award? Well, he was thirteen and five last year, or thirteen and four last year. So his bar, talk, speaking about the Eagles and them, you know, people being critical of him, the bar is really, really high. So if he wins thirteen games, you'd be like, well, he won thirteen games last year. I think he'd have to go like sixteen and one. And to me, if Dan Campbell and the Lions go twelve and what would it be, twelve and. Twelve and five, yeah, twelve and five. I guess it's hard to add up to seventeen. It'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed to not give Dan Campbell the award. Uh, McDaniel would probably have to win the division because he did make a wild card last year. So just because he, if the Bills win the division and he's the, you know, the fifth seed, I don't think he'd get it. I would say Dan Campbell right now and just Google their schedule. Google their schedule. If you beat the Chiefs and uh, who they just beat the Packers in Lambeau. 
I think he's... If Jared Goff stays healthy, I don't see how they don't get to 12. Now, you just need... Kyle beats the Cowboys. He beats the Eagles. They're 16-1. and He definitely have a shot. George. My question is about the quarterback position. How complicated is it to play the position? Do quarterbacks really have to know hundreds of plays with random names off the top of their heads and recall them all at the drop of a hat? In my opinion, they are one of the few sportsmen who actually justify their enormous salaries, given how much they are required to remember on the field. It's not about the knowledge, though, why they're paid. It's just if you are a good player, your team wins, and that's how the league builds their television revenue off successful teams. So you're the guy leading a lot, you know, a lot of the revenue. But from put them in a vacuum, yes, it's very, very difficult. Not only do you have to remember the plays, there are variations off every play. Like at the highest level of the NFL, let's just pick a number. The Chiefs have 50 plays that they run different variations of the majority of the season on top of the stuff that you install and make up on a weekly basis. It is all kind of based off things you already do. Then there are variations off those plays given what you see when you get to the line of scrimmage. Hot routes, uh, a player kind of realizing you have a connection with the player. Clearly, Kelsey and Mahomes are great examples of that. Uh, if they blitz, if they play zone, if they play man, it's very, very difficult. Then you have to execute. you got to make, make throws. I've only been on an NFL sideline uh, a couple times at Candlestick when the 49ers used to play there. They used to let you come down to the field five minutes before the end of the game. And I'll never forget going down to the field on this epic Monday night game where the 49ers were playing the Falcons. And it, it was Navarro Bowman picked off a ball that like Roddy White kind of fumbled and took it to the house and dove into the end zone. And uh, the Niners clinched a playoff berth. It was an incredible moment. It's the loudest stadium I've ever heard in my entire life. The place went berserk. It actually was the last game at Candlestick uh, ever. They, they moved into Levi's the next season. But it was, it was an incredible moment. But before, it felt like the Falcons were going to drive and score a touchdown. And when you hear people talk about, you know, I heard a lot of people like, Aiden O'Connell, good wake-up call, the speed of the game. The speed of the game in the preseason relative to the regular season. That's true. And then the speed of the game in big games, how fast the pass rush was getting on Matt Ryan and him getting rid of the ball, it was something I will never forget. Because it's one thing, listen, I've been to, I don't know, 50 NFL games, all different angles. There's nothing like being on the field and the speed, the power, how fast you have to figure out what you're going to do, what's going on, and then get rid of the ball. Yeah, it's really hard to play the position. There's just there's no way around it. For a limited time, you can save 40% on NFL Plus premium annual subscription when you sign up through Plus Play from Verizon. Plus Play is a platform where you can shop, manage, and save on the subscriptions you already love, like NFL Plus. With NFL Plus Premium, you get access to live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, and more. So you can watch multiple games all at once on any screen around you for updates. Never miss a touchdown. And for fantasy football players, NFL Plus Premium makes all the difference. Access to programming, 
like Fantasy Live through NFL Network, Red Zone for tracking player performance on Sunday, access to live local primetime games, access to Fantasy Plus. Just go to verizon.com slash NFL to get NFL Plus Premium today. It's 40% off an annual subscription. That's just $59.99 for the full season. Get it before it's gone. Let me ask you this again. Eberflus is definitely gone, but what about Ryan Poles? When is it time for management to pull the plug on the GM? Well, a lot of GMs get two hires, right? It's very rare that a GM gets countless hires. So usually you get two. You get the opportunity to mess up your first one. Clearly, Eberflus was a Bill Polian guy. He was pushed on by the organization. Uh, my question is, who would Poles hire? My question is, why did he hire Eberflus in the first place if he had any juice? Now, they've talked countless uh, times about how close they are, how good their relationship is, how they played golf in the offseason. None of it matters. As a GM, you don't control that much once the season starts. You don't set the game plan. Uh, you know, you're not coaching the players during the week. You're not creating the plays. A lot is out of your control. Any good GM to look good, like why is John Snyder and Brett Veach good GMs? They're clearly good at their job, you know, evaluating players, making draft picks, but because they got big-time coaches. If you do not have a really good coach, the reason Pioli and Nick Casario became like big-time prospects as GMs was because of fucking Belichick, right? So to become a big-time prospect as a GM, it's impossible to do it with a shitty coach. It's impossible to do it with an average coach. Won't happen. No one knew who Les Snead was till McVay got there. John Lynch looks a lot better right next to Kyle Shanahan. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who he'd hire, but it's a freaking disaster right now. It, I mean, it really is. It, it just can't get any worse. Bears fan here. What am I supposed to think against this Bronco game? Fields literally had a career day, but it was against a bottom five team. And here the problem is the worst defense in the league. I mean, I don't care what the metrics say. That's the worst defense in the league. That defense, you give up 70 points. You let Fields have a career day when he had been objectively, arguably the worst quarterback. You could argue it. You could objectively. Like, it was no disputing it. He, he was terrible. I, I, I think the move is this. You want to keep losing. You want the Panthers to keep losing. And then, you know, hopefully Fields shows a little bit. Maybe you could trade him for a mid-round pick. A team takes a flyer on him. But that's whatever. And you get the first and the second pick. And then what you do is you draft Caleb Williams one and you trade the second pick for a haul. So then you got, you basically utilize the pick from Carolina to turn that into more assets, right? And that's the key. That's hard to do in life. If I gave 10 people right now $10 million, I'd say at most one of the 10 people would turn that into $50 million over the next 10 years. 70% of them would blow it. And that's no different than draft day trades. You make these big draft day trades. I saw the Raiders do it. They traded Khalil Mack. They used the picks. A couple guys were in jail. They're all cut. It was a disaster. So the key is, is to utilize those draft assets, those resources. Either flip them and would be very easy in this quarterback draft or help. Maybe go Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. Caleb Williams, the best offensive lineman. You can do that too. Uh, there's a balance, right? But that to me is the key. That to me is the hope. That's all your hope. And before you get to that point, it's we're going to need a new coach. E Eberflus, th this ain't going to work. <laughs> this ain't working, dog.
Adios. Godspeed to you. You, you can't go basically a season. I mean, there's a chance he loses 17 straight regular season games. Especially if they, I mean, they're playing Thursday night. Washington's favored. Washington's a better team. The commander should win that game. Weird things happen on Thursday nights, but still. 17 straight games. Think how much we made fun of Hugh Jackson and the Browns. They were trying to lose. They tanked. Like, that was on purpose. Think about this. The Bears are trying to win. As a very, very, very delusional Steelers fan, I'm already seeing this season as a wash. I've never thought I'd say this because I wear his jersey that we should trade TJ. Am I insane? We get a lot in return. What do you think a player like TJ would garner in terms of trade value? Would be a little complicated. I, I Let's just pretend. I, I don't know all the details of his contract, how complicated that is. But the market's kind of been set on massive trades years ago, right? Khalil Mack, Jamal Adams, Jalen Ramsey, ones and twos, right? Multiple ones and a two or multiple ones and a three. I think at minimum, two ones, two twos, and like a player. Minimum. I mean, what is he? Non-quarterback. Top 10 player in the league? Top 5 player in the league? High character superstar? You know, if I was negotiating, I'd be like, well, he had a major injury last year. A um, little older, right? How old's TJ Watt? My, my guess is 20, 28 would be, my, would be my guess. He is, yeah, 28. Turns 29, Libra as well, uh, in a couple days. So, I, I, two ones, two twos. You got your own pick. Might be time to reset. Here's the thing. like, And I love TJ Watt. Love Max Crosby. If your team just blows, the Steelers stink. And I was dead wrong. I thought they were going to be good. Turns out they just suck. Underestimated how terrible Matt Canada is. But, yeah. They're not going to do it, though. No chance. A follow-up question I sent during halftime of the Cardinals-Giants game in Week 2. Are the Giants the worst team in the league? It might be the Bears, but the Giants are really making a case. The Giants are better. Uh, the Giants have two major injuries. Listen, the Saquon Barkley thing's complicated. Uh, I think if he turned down what was reportedly he turned down last year, it was dumb. But he is... I, I, I've never disputed that he's important to the team. So when you remove him... Like, Darren Waller kind of got paid. It's never been the same. And I bought into the preseason hype. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Their defense clearly is not quite as good. They're missing Andrew Thomas. The Giants are better. But as of right now, and clearly, you would take Dayball over Eberflus. But, yeah, it's, it's ugly. It's, it's definitely ugly. It feels like, well, how are they going to beat divisional teams? How are they going to beat? They already got their ass kicked by the Cowboys. How are they going to sniff the Eagles? Remember last year, they got mollywhopped. So, worst team in the league? No. I'd say Carolina's worse. I'd say the Bears are worse. I think Denver's worse. You guys are bad. Was last year just a fluke year for my Giants? Or is Brian Dable a bad coach that had a cushy schedule and profited off of it? After all the years of suffering I endured... Looks like we're back for another terrible season. Also, would it be wrong to abandon ship and root for another team 
In this instance, not saying I will, but after the Patriot fans' complaints, we've had Patriot fans that ask if they can root for other teams now, which is hard to allow given you've had 20 of the greatest years in the history of the league. I think the Giants have had it way worse. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know how old you are. You look, Will looks kind of young. Uh, I've lived through two Giants Super Bowls. So, and two, you didn't just have two Super Bowls. You beat an undefeated team and you beat them again. Now, they had some losses that year, but still, you beat Belichick and Brady twice. So, I would say no on the Giants. I, I do think, and listen, I people used to make fun of me when I worked in the NFL. Obviously, now talking for a living, sometimes it happens to me, especially if I'm having a cocktail or two. I, I, I could just hype things up. And it's just the nature of the way I live my life. I get excited. I get excited. And I bought in. I bought, if Brian Dable was a stock, would have put in 100 Gs. And right now, let's face it, it looks like about 25K right now. So sometimes part of being a good player, part of being a good coach, part of being a good company, part of being good at a good husband, whatever, a good dad, is like being consistent. <laughs> it's, it, anyone can have a good day. Anyone, I'm a great dad, took my kid to Disneyland. Well, it's like, do you make sure he does his homework? Do you, know, do you, do, do you make sure he's happy? Do you, do you, are you there for him? Right? We had one good quarter. Well, what happened to the other four? And I think sometimes with coaching, part of it is doing it over and over and over again. Like, why is Andy Reid and Pete Carroll good? They've been winning for decades, right? So, yeah, I mean, why is Vrabel good? <laughs> Refuses to lose. Just will not get embarrassed. So, T- TBD, I-, I would say. TBD on Dable. Right now, if he has a shitty year, there's no way around it that he's going to have the one fluke year in unknown. I don't think we can just anoint him, which I did, and a lot of people did. But part of being consistent at anything in life is doing it over and over and over again. Okay, I love the pod. The Cardinals' offense under Drew Pezzing has been impressive. Six in offense, DVOA, all with Dobbs at quarterback, and not a great O-line. With Kyler set to return... At some point, do you think this guy gets the most out of Kyler and build building around him? If Kyler can be the quarterback going forward, utilize two first-round picks on positions other than quarterback slash Caleb, as many thought entering the season, it would seem to ex- expedite the rebuild. Agree? I don't have... Do you guys have two first-round picks? Not super locked in on my uh, Cardinal draft chart, but... If you do, I'd be pretty happy. Do you? I would say, wasn't there a report on Sunday morning that Kyler isn't remotely close to coming back? Uh, that, that's if I did I read that wrong. The Cardinals have been remarkable. I've watched three of their four games, them against the 49ers. That score was a lot closer. They are scrappy. They are playing their ass off. And listen, I've made fun of Jonathan Gannon. Dude's been a coordinator for two years, lost the Super Bowl. Literally, he admitted it. Gets a head coaching job. He's buying a $10 million house down the road from where I'm sitting. I mean, good for him. I, I'm, I'm, I celebrate success and wealth here. But it seems a little crazy. Shows you the NFL is a great business to be in as a coach. Uh, I had buddies with the Eagles that said, listen, everyone makes fun of them, especially the pew, 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 and the fire in your gut. I don't know anyone who's been around them that doesn't really like them and doesn't swear by 
his leadership and how good he is with players. So sometimes those videos that go viral and every you know overweight media guy on Twitter make fun of you, that doesn't mean that he doesn't resonate with his guys because his team's just watch his team. They have played dramatically harder than like the Giants this season. They they've played harder than like the Falcons, and they don't have any talent. But when you watch them play, they're laying it all on the line. So I don't know much about this offensive coordinator. I know his defensive coordinator is like thirty years old. Uh, yeah, it feels like he's got a you know clearly. I know they haven't won a game, but they have a huge upgrade. Just watch them play, especially when you factor in the personnel over Kingsbury. Been an every pod listener here for a while. Feels like just kicking it with the boys. I like this guy. Been hanging to every last ounce of hope for Mac, but after what I witnessed against the Cowboys, you were right. He ain't it. Assuming the Pats have a shot at a quarterback that's not Caleb, who do you think the third or fourth best quarterback coming out? I haven't talked to anyone that doesn't have the top two guys as obviously Caleb and Drake May. I think those guys are the clear upper echelon. Then I think there's a group of five or six guys that we're just going to have to see it play out, right? I think Riley Leonard for Duke was in that mix. Uh, Now, he might be closer to like a bigger, stronger Daniel Jones kind of clone, ironically, because they went to the same school. But, you know, he's injured. You have Michigan quarterback. You have the Oregon quarterback. You have the Washington quarterback. So Bo Nix, Penix, McCarthy, uh... I mean, are pretty, pretty Quinn Ewers at, at Texas. Very, very interesting prospect. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the there is a ton of money to be made for all these guys as all these quarterbacks now start playing each other in their conference. What's it going to look like? Because a lot of these guys, this is the way college football works. It's why we've gone to a playoff, have played joke schedules. I mean, they're, they're playing the school of the minds, uh, Sisters of the Poor. Uh, it's just like, come on, guys. This is the number one thing I hope when we get to the 12-team playoff. Can we just get Ohio State, Notre Dame? Can we just get Michigan, uh, Ole Miss? Can we just get Alabama, Clemson? Can we get these games in the you know that are quote unquote the preseason of college, the non-conference, and stop stop playing these joke teams? You you, you could play other n- maybe non-power five teams. Like you're allowed to play a Boise State or a Fresno State, but st- stop playing. These D1 AA teams. What what the fuck are we doing? No one wants to see it. Not the fans, not the consumer, and we pay for everything. Without us, none of it exists. Definitely not all the money that's flowing in with the coaching salaries and now with NIL. So can, can we just, and it's not the players' fault, it's the coaches and the administrators. And pff, no one has less respect for the administrators than your boy right here. Can we just start playing real games? So it's like, well, hey, Michael Penix. Well, all these touchdowns, like, I love watching him play, but what does it actually mean? We're going to find out when he plays Oregon, when he plays Washington State, when he plays USC. USC, too. I mean, they've played Hawaii. they played San Jose State. Uh, so I, I'd say it's that group of guys. Listen to Colin Pod recapping the past weekend's game. Two things came up that I wanted to comment on. Michigan and Harbaugh. As a diehard Ohio State fan, born and raised in Ohio, I don't agree with the statement of Harbaugh being such a great coach. I mean, he's only beat OSU twice, not to mention he's avoided an ass-kicking from OSU to save his job during COVID. You know, that season was weird. I'm throwing out 2020 for everyone. Mac Jones became the 15th overall pick that year. That that year was a Fugazi. Complete Fugazi. Chase, uh, Panay Sewell, 
Michael Parsons. None of them played. Do you think if we, I'll promise you this, we redo that draft, that Fugazi of a draft, Micah Parsons goes two behind Trevor Lawrence. Uh, also, they don't have to worry about Ohio State this year. Penn State is really good as well and plays Michigan pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, I, th- you cannot dispute that he's an excellent coach. Is he an all-time great coach? Can't be. He hasn't won a title. But he's won in the pros and he's won in college. That's a very short list of guys. Now, he has not won a title in either. But he's beat your ass two years in a row. And he's going to be favored this year. I'll take Harbaugh over Ryan Day, which Barlow. And Ryan Day's been in the playoffs a bunch of times. So, is he a great coach? Well, I mean, I, I reserve that for champions, right? Saban, Kirby, Urban, Pete. Like, is, is Chip Kelly a great coach? He was a really good coach at Oregon. I think we talk about Trevor Lawrence and him being an upper echelon of the quarterbacks. I don't think I've seen anything consistently through his career to the point to say he belongs with Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, or Herbert. I gave him a pass for his rookie year because of the disaster. I just haven't seen consistency. My pushback there is who compares him to those guys? I, I mean, he has the opportunity, the physical attributes, but I, there's no one in the NFL that would take him over Allen, Mahomes, or Herbert, or, or, or healthy Joe Burrow. Not a soul. Not a soul. So those guys are on a different tier than him. And I agree. Like, he's got a, like, let's go, bro. You're a really good player. You showed some life. I didn't watch any of it. But Sunday morning, uh, let's start rattling off some wins. You're too talented. I've said the whole time their offense should be awesome. Uh, we'll see. Question for the bag. It's from Bruno. I think we all agree Zach Wilson is not the guy. Agreed. But after the Rodgers injury, what would you do if you're the Jets? The available veterans stink. Wentz is probably an older version of Zach. You are already low on picks, so trade may be difficult, and your depth is horrible. What would you say is their best option aside from playing him and hoping for a miracle? I think that's your only option. I think your only option this season is to try to figure out how to get that version on Sunday night out of Zach Wilson and be competitive and compete for the seventh seed. Can we get to nine wins? Can we, can we somehow, at one and three, just get to five and five? and then take our chances and try to win, you know, four of the last seven games and try to get to nine and eight. And if we're nine and eight, we got a chance to make the playoffs. That would be my goal. Maybe get to four and four. Like, we got to try to get back to 500. But I don't think you have any options. This is why the moment he tore his Achilles, it was like, what are they supposed to do? Do you think an above-average but not elite quarterback like Cousins or Prescott can win the Super Bowl in the 2020s? Say Trent Dilfer in 2000 or even Nick Foles in 18. Is that possibility if you're surrounded by the right cast? Well, I would say the difference between Foles and Dilfer, like Foles played really well in the playoffs. Played really, really well. Looked like a dude, right? Looked like a stud. I think it's very, very difficult because it's it's almost impossible in moving forward to have a defense that allows like 11 points. And that's really the only way to do it. When you think about Trent Dilfer, he played on a defense that you could not score on. Even early Russell Wilson, who was nowhere near what he became, that defense, you couldn't score on the defense. It was impossible. Not possible. Now, defense in the playoffs the last couple rounds gets a lot better. But when you're playing 
you always end up playing one of the top quarterbacks. So it's very, very hard to overcome that. Right? Didn't Brady throw for like 500 yards in that Super Bowl? It was a, Part of it was like Foles made plays and the Eagles made plays. So I would say Dilfer and Foles don't even parallel each other in their situation. I think the Brad Johnson, Dilfer, think of their examples. Both of them played on two of, I mean, two, the two best defenses of my life, Tampa Bay and Baltimore. I was born in 84, but I don't, you know, the 85 Bears. But those days to me are just over. Like a good defense is still could give up 25 points in a Super Bowl. I'm a Dolphins fan and have heard some of your Colin and Colin's take about Tua and giving him a lucrative second contract. Even if he puts up good numbers, but what if the pieces together, a bona fide MVP season, 40 touchdowns, team wins 12 to 14 games. I understand the injury concerns, system quarterback label will limit his stock, but I feel like there would be a ton of pressure to give him the bag if he absolutely tears it up. I I just I don't see any way possible if you're the Dolphins that even if this season goes well, you win a playoff game, maybe you win 12 games, you're a wild card, you upset someone in the first round, that you give him $200 million because that's kind of what these guys have been getting, $190 million. I think what they would do, my best guess, is play out next year's fifth-year option. That's just an educated guess. Maybe I'm wrong, but I still have, I have a hard time seeing them give him the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert contract. Because physically, it's like, it's not just, yeah, in a vacuum, this season is looks like it's going really well. And honestly, when he's been on the field, you guys have been very, very successful. But can you trust it? Can you trust it? And the last time you gave a big contract out to a quarterback, much different times, much less money, had some negative ramifications with Ryan Tannehill. My question, do you think the Patriots have a chance to make the wild card with Aaron Rodgers being injured? I would assume, by the way, the AFC is shaping up as Buffalo will be a wild card. What are our chances? I think this this was on third. This was before the game. Uh, I don't. I, I think you guys are headed toward six wins. <laughs> I do. I, I think losing your two defensive players, who Christian Gonzalez has been fantastic, and Judon has been, I mean, just a stalwart for your team the last several years. That's devastating. I mean, that's. It's hard to replace, especially when you're a defensive team. So I, I, I hate to say it, but I think you guys are screwed. I bet a lot of people listening or watching have been in an accident. I bet a lot of people have been into an intense car accident. And let's face it, not knowing who to call for help is hard. Hiring Morgan & Morgan is easy. Because Morgan & Morgan is America's largest injury law firm with over 100 offices nationwide with more than 800 lawyers. They've recovered over $15 billion for over 300,000 clients. Morgan & Morgan has a proven track record of fighting to get you full and fair compensation. They've been fighting for the people for over 35 years. Submitting an injury claim with Morgan & Morgan is so easy. That's the key. Not having representation is hard. Fighting with Morgan & Morgan is easy. If you've ever been injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. For more information, go to forthepeople.com slash john or dial pound law, pound 529, from your cell phone. That's forthepeople.com slash j-o-h-n or pound law, pound 529, 
from your cell phone. This is a paid advertisement. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, Podcast listener and Lions fan from Okinawa, active duty Marine. Thank you for your service. Andrew, question for you about something really mundane. Is there some kind of central uh, repository for the NFL where each team inputs their player salary info so everyone has access to it? Is there some kind of proprietary program that each team uses to make it same everywhere? Or is each team left to make their own spreadsheet and report it to the league? I forget the name but I, I know what you're getting at. There is a database uh, specifically like within 24 hours. It's why guys like Florio and reporters get access to the contract. There is a database. So when Joe Burrow signs his contract and I'm a team that's going to sign a, a quarterback contract, that goes up to the whatever it's called and every team has access to it and can see the details of the contract. So yeah, it's it, this isn't like I run a sandwich shop, you run a sandwich shop, we're owned by the same people, but it's independent, I don't have to report my art, it's like, no, everyone reports to everybody, everyone's on the same page. You don't have to do it with coaches, but you have to do it with players. I think it's, I'd have to ask, but I would imagine union, some different 
uh, impact there of why it works the way it does. But yeah, every contract is known by every team within 24, 48 hours, like the details of the contract. And then if you're a contract negotiator, right, every contract that gets signed, no, I'm like random practice squad guy, you evaluate. I'm hoping you could shed some light on Kyle Pitt's situation with the Falcons. He's been underutilized in the passing game, and his blocking is not very spectacular. Arthur Smith seems satisfied with him and his role with the team. Do you think there's something going on behind the scenes causing this? How do you navigate contract negotiations with a guy like this? Just seems like Atlanta used the number four overall pick on a talent that is going to waste. When your quarterback isn't very good, you could have Randy Moss, you could have Jerry Rice, you could have whoever. If the guy is not a running back and you literally can just hand the ball to him, and whether your team sucks, if you've got Walter Payton or Barry Sanders, he's probably going to make some plays. The quarterback obviously needs to get the ball to any weapon. So as a pass-catching player, whether I'm a tight end, and that's Kyle Pitts is like a hybrid wide receiver, I need my quarterback to be good. And Mariota to Ritter, their quarterbacks suck. So we can talk about underutilization. Their passing game's awful. So when your passing game's bad, what are you supposed to do? Like it's just when your passing game is bad, your receivers are not going to live up to the hype. And they've invested a lot. I don't know, man. I, I just I think they got problems. So I don't know. I mean, I he's he's gonna be in trouble when it comes to contract negotiations. Christopher. Hope you're crushing it. Hope you keep crushing it. Appreciate it. I had a question regarding Chris Jones and the new Mahomes contract. Should he be pissed that the Chiefs didn't show him any love? As a way to get back at them, could he hint that he's going to be injured in the playoffs and he's not going to risk putting it on the line for $32,000, a game where nothing is guaranteed? Seems like his representatives screwed him on these negotiations, but also feels like at the end of the season, if he really wanted to, if he's not willing to do this, it's hard to feel bad for him because he's going to get franchise tag next year. Well, I think these third contracts are complicated. They really are. Aaron Donald didn't get a third contract. He just got all of his contract guaranteed. And I think Chris Jones, listen, he's not you know a charity case here. He's making $20 million. And honestly, he's going to hit all the incentives. He's going to make $23 million. The better you play the more money you make in your future. And is there a chance that maybe they franchise and trade them? Is there a chance that they just break them off again? For sure. But part of these negotiations, you're very dependent on your agent knowing what they're doing. And clearly the two mafioso brothers who were sitting next to Chris Jones at week one of the Chiefs game, you know, misplayed their hand. And this is an organization that will take care of their guys. The other thing though is when you win, like you said, I, I don't know the exact breakdown of the playoff games, but you don't make any, any money. Mahomes will make the same amount as the 53rd guy on the roster. Every guy makes the same. It is when you make the money, though, for the rest of your life. And Mahomes being a several-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Jones now being a multiple-time Super Bowl champion, he will profit off that till he's dead. And so, yeah, the monetary immediate value of a playoff game for these individuals is minuscule. Right, a thirty-two thousand dollar week for most of us, pretty good week for a guy like Chris Jones who makes twenty million dollars a year, shitty. But it has value; it has a lot of value. And I remember arguing with a player about this one time that 
it's kind of BS the way it works, but it's also when you make the money for your brand, which is you, the player. So I hear you. Uh, I think everyone by now has seen that Zach Wilson clip of Rodney Harrison asking him about it. Chris Jones is a pretty high-level guy. Part of the reason the Chiefs are really good, like, got a lot of high-level guys. This is not a slappy organization. Reminds me a lot. It's a little different the way they play. Uh, actually, not this version of the team, but of the Patriots and Belichick and Brady. It's like, not a lot of slappies on the, in the building. N- won't be tolerated. And Chris just, it was just business. Like, I, I'm pretty unemotional when it comes to business. Can't have any emotion with the dollar bill. So sometimes you make plays financially and it backfires. We've all done it. Uh, now, probably not at the level of Chris Jones is negotiating for, but I hear you. I'm a Chargers, we'll end on this. I love talking Brandon Staley. I'm a Charger fan from Georgia. Go dogs. I love the show. My question is about the coaching staff. I've always felt like Staley was a guy than he is a coach and just wanted the right fit for what, oh, they liked him more as a guy than they did as a coach. They wanted the right fit who could ascend quickly given the talent they had on the team. Given the fact that ownership is very cheap and assuming that Staley isn't the coach next year or even makes it through the season, do you see a potential for Kellen Moore to get his opportunity as a head coach in the interim? If Brandon Staley is fired during the season, I think Kellen Moore would be the head coach, yes. Now, they're 2-2. Two and two. If their quarterback is healthy and their defense just makes a couple tackles, they're going to get to 10 wins. They have too much talent and their, their, their offense is going to be too good. So, you know, when it looked like they had a chance to go 0-3 when they were going to lose that Minnesota game before, you know, the ball got batted up and landed in their Kenneth Murray's, uh, you know, breadbasket, that kind of changed their season, and they've won these two games that have looked, all three, all, all their games look identical. They always come down, and it's been like this since Phillip Rivers, and you know as a Charger fan, a fourth down play, late in the game, down a couple, you know, down three or four points, driving one timeout, or vice versa, you're up late, and you like try to get it, and you don't. It's just, the Chargers games have looked the same my entire adult life post like Marty Schottenheimer. They play in the same freaking games. But Brandon Saley probably survives this season. I I would imagine he'd have to win. He'd have to be in the AFC Championship game to keep his job. Because he, he could win a playoff game and be like, yeah, you got Justin Herbert. Now, I guess also how he plays against the Chiefs will matter. He's played them pretty good. The Chargers have always kind of played pretty well against the Chiefs and when the Broncos were good with Peyton Manning. That's the thing. They play up to their competition. They play down to their competition. There's just a bizarre operation. I say it all the time. It starts at the top. When your owner's cheap, when the ethos of your organization is to pinch pennies with the coach beside the quarterback, the most important guy who can be in your building. Collins talked about this. Like, Brian Dable wanted the job. He had known Telesco forever. And they went with Brandon Staley. Like, that, that's a fact. Now, is Brian Dable some star coach? I don't know. But would you, if you were a, a fan... And I told you, Brandon Staley or Brian Dable, who do you want? I, listen, I, I don't care what's happening this year. I'll take Brian Dable every day of the year. He can influ- influence offense. He can hire a good defensive coordinator. Uh, I know their defense doesn't look good this year, but I, I take I take Brian Dable and Wink Martindale in a heartbeat over the operation going on right now. So appreciate everyone listening. Adios. The Volume. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.